Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 28 of Revelation chapter 14. And we're looking at verse 12. Revelation 14 verse 12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And once again, I would like to uh, point out the context of this statement is right in the midst of a prolonged discussion of Judgment Day, the judgment of this world, the final judgment of mankind. There, There's no mistaking uh, what God has been talking about in the previous verses. The cup of the wine of the wrath of God is being given to all who worship the image of the beast, and they they perform that worship during the Great Tribulation period. That's when Satan was loosed. That's the time in which God assigned uh, Satan the name of the beast and the time that he was given great authority and rule in the world and the church like never before. And that's when all of the unsaved whose names were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life um, were worshiping. They, they were not worshiping God. They were serving sin and therefore serving Satan. And in the verses after verse 12, we find language of harvest, the Lord Jesus putting in the sickle in the day of judgment, reaping the earth. And in between this verse is found, here is the patience of the saints, Hode, right here in this place, at that time of judgment. And and, and it's exactly uh, what we have learned from the Bible in these days after the tribulation. You know, um, nobody ever understood what God was saying here. Uh, I think I mentioned before that a caller had called the open forum and asked Mr. Camping, what do you think of this verse, Mr. Camping? And then he went on to explain some things, but he also said, I'm not sure why it's position or why it's in the place that it's in. And that's because we had never thought, and I I had never heard before, um, the idea that God's elect people would be on the earth and in the very time of his wrath in the day of judgment. Actually, the whole idea of the world continuing and God punishing the wicked on the earth was uh, relatively new also. We, we had come to that conclusion uh, based upon the understanding that that um, there was no such thing as eternal hell. And and when we read the Bible's language of people suffering and or being tormented and, 
and weeping and gnashing of teeth and days after the tribulation, finally, we had thought we had the answer because the Bible spoke of five months of torment and a time frame was developed from May 21 to October 21, 2011. Well, we have since learned the five months idea is is correct, or that figure is correct, but it was not literal. It, it We were incorrect about that. It, it's a spiritual reference to refer to the duration of Judgment Day, however long it turns out to be, which uh, the uh, Bible is presenting the likelihood of 1,600 days. And that whole 1,600-day period would be typified by the five months. But we we realized, oh, all right, now now there's time after the tribulation, as Mark 13, 24 says, in those days after that tribulation, the sun was darkened, and and the language of the sun being darkened and the moon um, not giving its light had to do with the removal of the gospel light. There would be no salvation available for five months, we had thought, for that literal five months. And that was a new understanding of judgment taking place. But even then, we believed, well, um, that means on May 21, 2011, the believers must be raptured. They have to be taken out of the world. They can't be left on the earth. And, and and as the world is coming under the wrath of God and God is punishing them. And since, though, we've seen many verses, more and more, we, we keep finding them, where God does indicate his people will be left to go through Judgment Day. That First Thessalonians 4, chapter 4, uh, verses 15 through 17, actually gives a big hint of that idea when it says that they which are alive and remain on the earth. Or um, Zechariah chapter 13 speaks of the third part going through the fire. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 3 mentions that there will be a time when the gold, silver, precious stone, and wood, hay, stubble are all put to the fire. And the day, which is a reference to Judgment Day, will declare or reveal which is which. And there's just numerous references in, in many scriptures. Once the blinders came off concerning this particular idea and doctrine, once we allowed for the idea that, yes, yes, God's people, um, the, the Bible is teaching, will go through Judgment Day. They, they will all appear, as 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, before the judgment seat of Christ. That is, they'll be made manifest. Not that they are experiencing judgment. They're, they're not being uh, punished or they're not paying for sin because their sins were paid for from the foundation of the world and the person of the Lord Jesus. 
but God will bring them through in order to demonstrate their innocence, to show forth that they have no sin upon them through their um, endurance, through their completion and going through the fire and and coming out the other end it will it will demonstrate conclusively there was no sin upon these that would cause them to be burned up like the rest and why are they burned because of their sin and they had no savior but those that come through oh god gets the glory and there, there's just all sorts of verses. Let me just go to one I think we've mentioned before. In Isaiah chapter 24. In Isaiah 24, which is a chapter where God is describing judgment upon this earth. Um, verse 4 says, The earth mourneth and fadeth away, the world languisheth and fadeth away, the haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. Verse 6, Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. Few men left. The Many are called, but few are chosen. Few are the elect. Few are in the earth in the day of the wrath of of the Almighty in the time of an intense spiritual fire that was kindled in God's anger. And all the inhabitants of the earth are burned, but few men left. That is, the, the meaning of that is they endure the fire. They come through it. And in order to come through it, you must be in it. And, and that's, uh, th- that's exactly where we find ourselves living on the earth in the day of judgment, despite what the church has traditionally taught, despite what theologians have told us, and, and just about all theologians of the past have said, well, that's not possible. That won't happen. God will rapture his people. The only question theologians debated and argued about was, will God take his people uh, pre-trib or post-trib? That is, will he take them out of the world before the tribulation begins, or will he let them go through the tribulation and take them out after it's over? And Family radio listeners, e-Bible, in time past, held to a post-tribulation rapture. We believe that that God would permit his people to go through the tribulation. But there are many theologians who have taught and continue to teach, no, the people of God will be taken before the tribulation in rapture. And they they will not go through that awful, grievous period. And and yet, what have we learned from the Bible concerning the Great Tribulation? It was a spiritual judgment that began at the house of God. God ended the church age. The Holy Spirit came out of the midst of the congregations. God commanded his people to follow, 
to come out and, and through that command to leave the church, God established a process to uh, sift through the wheat and the tares and, and those that remain behind would be the tares. And finally, at the end of the Great Tribulation, after the full 23 years, all who who remained in the church were bundled as tares because all the wheat, all the true believers, the elect, had already come out. That Now it was time to bring the day of judgment on the world to transition from judging the church to judging the world and and uh, those that would not hearken and obey God gave evidence they were the tares. And then judgment day came and the spiritual fire uh, was lit on the whole world. The tares were cast into the fire spiritually. And we've talked about that many times. And and so the the point that I was making is that the theologians were wrong, they were incorrect about the fact that uh, God would take his people out of the world before the Great Tribulation. No, God left them. He left them. And isn't it interesting, in Revelation chapter 13, we we discussed this um, at that time, and we went through this chapter. And Revelation 13, I'll remind us, um, is a chapter that in verse after verse after verse is describing the Great Tribulation. It begins with the um, the beast coming up out of the sea, which is another way of saying Satan was loosed, and he's given great authority and power over the earth and over the church, and and it, it's uh, the the whole chapter, the, the whole chapter, every verse is completely focused on the 23-year Great Tribulation period, May 21, 1988, through May 21, 2011. And in this chapter, we read, uh, for instance, in verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, and that 40 and 2 months is is another reference to the duration, the, the complete time period of the Great Tribulation, which worked out to be 23 years. And in verse 6, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Very familiar language once we've gotten accustomed to reading this kind of language in the book of Revelation and Daniel and elsewhere in the Bible. Satan makes war with the saints and overcomes. That is uh, key information to let us know it's the time God is allowing Satan to win in bringing judgment upon the churches and congregations of the world during the Great Tribulation. And then it says in verse 10, in this context, all the previous verses have been describing the Great Tribulation. The following verses 
till the end of the chapter, will continue to describe the Great Tribulation. And in the midst, it's very similarly positioned as our verse in Revelation 14. In the midst of this discussion of God's judgment on the church, it says in verse 10, He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And you can see how very similar the last part of that verse is. Here, O Hode, is the patience and the faith of the saints. Again, we ask the question now, why would God make that statement in that context? The context of the Great Tribulation. Well, we know, we read it, and it's very obvious to us because we've lived through it. We've gone through the entire 23-year Great Tribulation period at this point, and we have the vantage point of looking back. And we know, uh, without any doubt, of course, that God left his people on the earth, and he tried us, He severely tested the professed Christians in all the churches of the world through the opening up of the scriptures at the time of the end, as the Lord had said to Daniel, seal up the word till the time of the end, then knowledge will increase. And as God opened up his word, it was enlightening doctrinally in in many doctrines that we had previously held God corrected us. He gave us the rod of correction through his word. And as scripture was compared with scripture, we realized, oh, we were wrong about hell. Or or we were wrong about Jesus paying for sin at the cross. He actually paid from the foundation of the world. And we learn that the nature of the great tribulation was the very end of the church age. It wasn't as we had had thought before, that uh, the light of the gospel was going out little by little by little or more and more, and it was getting harder and harder to find a faithful church. But rather, the light of the gospel went out all at once in all churches in the world at the very same time. And God's Spirit left all congregations at that instant, and Satan's Spirit entered into the church to rules the man of sin and get out of the church uh, as a result because you don't want to be there. And, and here at this grievous junction in history, at this awful time when, when the beginning of the end takes place, when judgment starts, it begins at the house of God. Here you will find the patience and the faith of the saints, the holy ones, God's elect, made holy by the blood of Christ as he has washed away all their sin and made them pure within and, and able to stand in God's sight and, and for God to see no sin in them. Here is that patience. It will be demonstrated throughout the entire period of the Great Tribulation. A long 23 years. 
a great tribulation the world has never seen before. And we find a similar construction in Revelation 14 of the chapter, which from uh, verse 8 till the end is focused on judgment day, on the final judgment of the world. We find a similar construction and a similar positioning of that statement in verse 12 of Revelation 14. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And for a similar reason, just as theologians taught, oh, God's people will not go through the tribulation, and were wrong, they were incorrect about that, God let it be known with this statement. Well, yes, they will go through the tribulation, and as they do so, they will show forth these particular characteristics that will bring glory to God, patience and faith. They they will endure to the end, patiently, waiting upon the Lord and his word, and they will uh, do so through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And likewise, even though the theologians are certain and they are sure. And, and and how many things can we look back that theologians have been certain and sure about and and now we see error. How certain and how sure were uh, just about all theologians of the doctrine of hell, of a place that God would create, of uh, the wrath of God being poured out forevermore upon the sinner so that he will suffer without end. Well, you can have the most faithful and reformed, and um, I'm not saying those theologians or those men, some of them weren't true believers. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. But But you see, God had already warned not to uh, well, let, let me read it. it. I think it's in in Mark 13. In Mark 13, it says in verse 11, But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now, this was hidden language. It was spoken, and, and and even this scripture didn't open up until the time of the end. But if they could have understood it, theologians would have realized, well, God's saying here not to think before what to speak or even premeditate on what will take place in that hour. But in that hour... We will speak, and and not us, but the Holy Ghost. Because God had sealed up the word till the time of the end. And theologians that, that most faithful, yes, true men of God, that wrote uh, 500 or 400 or 300 years ago, or, or even 100 years ago, and and they were diligent and faithful, could not penetrate the information that God had sealed up concerning the time of the end. There was no way for them to know. Yet, 
They did read it in the Bible. They did write their commentaries. They did give their opinions. They did give what their understanding was in a time when they saw darkly, as 1 Corinthians tells us, um, when things were hidden from them. So they wrote about hell, and they wrote about uh, God rapturing his people before uh, bringing about the day of judgment, and many other things they wrote that were wrong, that were not correct. They were erroneous. And we cannot allow the writings of theologians to dictate our beliefs and our understandings, and no matter how faithful a theologian they are, no matter how much we appreciate some of their writings, that that's the, the sin of the church, to raise up high places, to uh, lift up confessions and creeds, and the writings of their particular favorite theologian, and to hold them in high esteem. And yet when someone would come with a scripture from the Bible and show that maybe a statement in the confession, or uh, this particular line of the creed, or that doctrinal position that our favorite theologian holds to is not true or faithful. Oh, no, no, you, you can't do that. We're, th- this is our church's position. If you don't agree with it, you have to go to another church. And thereby they they revealed their authority was not the Bible alone, but the Bible plus their confessions and creeds and and maybe this theologian and and it was the reformers uh, and actually those writings of men had greater weight and greater authority than the Bible because the Bible was not listened to on that point. Well, uh, this is why or how theologians could have written in a convincing fashion, oh, God will take his people out of the world. They will not go through the day of judgment. And and uh, they just like they wrote, there is a place called hell where God will pour out fire and brimstone uh, and they will suffer forevermore. Very definite statements. But yes, they're convinced, but they are definitely wrong. And the Bible shows us today that God's people are left on the earth to go through the period of judgment. And and so here we are presented with the Bible's teaching. Do we believe that? Or no, we're too uncomfortable to go against this this ingrained doctrinal belief that has been held for so long. Well then that that's a serious matter for us individually. We we have to allow God and His Word, the Bible, to be our only authority. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.